Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Plus, check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast. Uh, very exciting for us here at Nerdist Industries. We are launching the Nerdist channel April 2nd. I think I said April 1st last week, but that's a Sunday, so it's actually April 2nd. And uh, if you go to youtube.com slash Nerdist right now, uh, you can see this sort of sizzle reel that we made for the channel where I was in full zombie makeup that Greg Nicotero from Walking Dead did for me. We did a... They, they transformed me into a zombie for, uh, for Talking Dead, and the process was insane. It took hours, but it was wonderful. And so while I was in zombie makeup, I was like, oh, we should shoot something for the Nerdist channel. So we did that. It's up right now at youtube.com slash Nerdist. Go on there. It's just a quick sizzle reel that uh, talks about a little bit of the program we have coming up. Please click subscribe up there to, to support the channel because uh, we have a lot of fun stuff that I believe you will enjoy when we make the big announcement in a couple weeks. So the only way to find out about that is to listen to the podcast and subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Nerdist. Thank you so much uh, for listening to that business. And I'd like to thank Stamps.com as our returning sponsor of the Nerdist podcast. Our time is valuable. Uh, every day, I find I have less and less time. Uh, I certainly do not have time to go to the post office if I want to mail something. You have to use your time wisely. So why waste it standing in line, uh, getting snarked at by people? Having to figure out what kind of postage to put on, not bringing the right whatever, not bringing enough money to the post office. Stamps.com will solve all that. It's super convenient. Buy and print any U.S. Uh, official postage using your own computer and printer. Print any postage for any letter or package whenever you need it, 24-7. And the mailman's just going to pick it up from your house. You'll never have to go to the post office again. You'll make those trips obsolete. And right now, Stamps.com has a special offer for my listeners. There is a no-risk trial. It's a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and $55 of free postage. But only if you use the promo code NERDIS. A lot of you are uh, creators. You probably run small businesses. Uh, this will solve all of your problems when it comes to sending out mass mailings. You can do all of it from the comfort of your of your home. In your jammies, if you want to. In your Star Wars jam jams. So don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in nerdist that's stamps.com and the promo code nerdist and now this episode of the nerdist podcast this was super fun i i had met danica mckeller um like 10 or 11 years ago she and will wheaton and i did a small indie movie together i never really talked to her that much uh we both attended ucla but she's a little younger than i am 
And I, I, I had a sense that she was uh, super smart and cool and fun and, and, and loved education, but I really didn't know to the extent. Danica is an amazing... She's every. She's amazing. I'm sorry I said amazing again, but she's amazing. And uh, we had a wonderful talk about math and education and, and stuff that she's working on and sort of her initiative to try to educate young people, uh, you know, young girls in particularly when it when it comes to learning math and, and, and kind of making it fun. But uh, this was a great, great, great talk with her and just a little, little peek behind the curtain about uh, what her life was like going through working on The Wonder Years. And uh, we, had an, we had a wonderful time. So I almost said amazing again. I can't help it. Listen, English language, make up more words that mean amazing and I will use them. I know I could have a thesaurus, but then it would sound like I was using a thesaurus. So why say anything but amazing when I mean amazing? Danica McKellar is amazing! Ah, I got all worked up for a second there. Now entering Nerdist.com Yes, yes, yes. Mr. Hart. I we prefer were. Colonel. That's how oh, we refer to him. When did you as. get the promotion? Yeah. Well, I promoted myself to Colonel. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Your chicken's delicious. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Danica McKellar. Damn it, it's so nice to have you on. Oh, uh, Will, my our mutual friend Will Wheaton was like, how come Danica hasn't done the podcast yet? And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. I haven't asked her. I should totally ask her. That was a pretty <laughs> good Will impression. That, Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> nah, you lost it. What? Once you once you tried, you lost it. No, Jonah, it's me, Will. Oh, he's back. Hey, get yeah. back. Uh, so thanks again for being on the podcast, Annika. My Michaela. pleasure, my pleasure. Matt, get her, put her mic up a little bit oh, there. Yeah, yeah, it's sure. just falling. It might have fallen. It's been it might have fallen. It's also, <laughs> sinking. Just like this podcast. You can point this up. It's fucking nightmare. Yeah, quarter. Do you have a quarter? You got a quarter? I, I just yeah. took all the quarters out of my change purse because yeah. my son... Likes to open it up and take them out and put them in his mouth. And he puts quarters. quarters in his mouth. Yes. Oh wait, I might have it now. I remember only seventeen months old. So. You know, I do have a memory of being a kid and how good it felt to just put coins in my mouth and flip them around. What do you I'm, mean? I'm believing you, but I, I think I'm just being gullible. No, <laughs> I'm dead serious. Really I re- I remember that as a kid, just because. Uh, a, a quarter has a lot of texture to it, mm-hmm. and when you're a, when you're a child, you just you're basically just a data sponge, and right. you're just absorbing the the world around you and every with every sense at your disposal. And so, um, the trick does a Chris does a trick now where you can put a coin in his mouth and he can tell you what year, uh, <laughs> what country, uh, you know, which means are pretty easy for him to do. Data, yeah. yeah, all the data exactly. Data He's a human coin star. Yep, I am. Yeah. Oh, it's a toonie. <laughs> no, I, I and then, but then you get older. You're like, that is that is like licking the ground, mm-hmm. putting change in your mouth. No, it's like licking many people's hands. Yeah, yeah. which is, is worse than less, licking the ground. Yes, is way worse <laughs> yeah. than licking the ground. I don't know where people have been, um, but I didn't. I how did I? I didn't even know you had a baby. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, he's 17 months old. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. He's a little peanut. She birthed a baby and wrote four books. What have you done? (laughs) I knew about the books. (laughs) I wrote a book too. That feels like having, it felt like having a brain baby. Like it feels. Yeah. But your books, let's let's just jump right in. Let's just jump right into the books. You. uh, So we started? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we started ages ago. Yeah. Oh, awesome. There's no introduction, no opening music, no. Tonight on the Nerdist Podcast. Danica McKellar. I feel much better now, thank you. And now your action nerdist team. Jonah Ray with weather, Matt Myra with sports. Thanks, Gordon. And Chris Hardwick. Hey, guys. Um. Really good. Well, he's, not, he's not done yet. He's not done yet. It keeps going. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it's just thirty minutes of that. Who's in the, who's in the chopper? <laughs> what? Who's in the chopper? Uh, Nick. Hey guys, it's really great to be up here in the chopper. <laughs> just uh, pulling out clips for Seacrest. <laughs> There's a uh, snarl on the Kardashian Expressway. This is going to oh. be another half an hour. So I'm sorry, right. guys. I'm just trying to work out the bit. <laughs> it's good. Though. It's good. I'm like so impressed. Freeze. Okay, I need an occupation. Podcast <laughs> host acupuncture. Whoa. Um, so the books. The books. I mean, what an amazing thing that you decided to do several years ago. You, it, if, just from my point of view, what it looks like you did, and you tell me if I'm wrong or not, was you sort of realized, hey, math is a subject that sucks for a lot of kids, and I am going to try to make it fun and relatable to them in a way that's not scary and kind of cool. Yeah. Totally. And I was a math major at UCLA. I started as a math major at UCLA. Did you? Yeah. Wow. But I'm way older than you, so you, we weren't there at the same time. Okay. That was great. I don't know. Hey, well, thanks. All right. Yeah, no, I, I was a math major, and I took a break from acting for four years. And, um, and then I went back to acting after I graduated, and I felt like, how can I, you know, how can I mix these two things that I love, entertainment and math? And I also co-authored a research paper, proved the new theorem, so I've got like this Shays McKellar Wynn theorem now that's named after me. Kind wow. Of. Please, like please expand on this. Pretty sweet deal. Uh, the theorem? Yes. Okay. The theorem, um, it's, out, it's on my website at danikamckellar.com in case people want to see the actual PDF of it. It's real like, math is like a tree where the trunk is things like addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, and then you get these branches, and you've got, you know, probability and calculus and all this, and then, it, like, the branches keep going out until these tiny, tiny, tiny little branches, twigs at the end, and they have almost nothing to do with each other. So this is at the end of one of these little branches, and the ends sort of represent the, the frontiers of research, right? And so my paper is at the end of one of these tips of little branches, and it's called Percolation and Gibbs States Multiplicity for Ferromagnetic Ashkenteller Models on Z2. It's a paper in the area of statistical mechanics um, that basically we proved a characterization theorem that takes a mathematical model of magnetic material and says, well, what if instead of a real piece of magnetic rock, mm -hmm. we were dealing with a two-dimensional grid, and at each intersection point we have um, a, a spin, a particle that can either can point in one of four directions. And so you end up with probability spaces, and then we proved some characterization theorems based on temperature et cetera, et cetera. And so you basically off. just, you just, you just, you just math, you, you just mash magnetic probability into uh, a two-dimensional model. Yes. That's awesome. Well, where did the magic go? Because that's how magnets work, right? It's magic. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. or if you listen to Insane Clown Posse, fucking magnets, how do they work? Right. It's you know what the it's answer is? Danica McKellar will tell you. <laughs> insane well, Clown Posse. I had math background, right? And I, but I missed acting. I missed entertainment so much. Went back to entertainment, did uh, a year on the West Wing, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, then for some reason, I, the New York Times did a story about me, about how I did this paper in between 
two series. It said, in between series, actors become a superstar in math. And it was on the front page of the science section of the New York Times. And literary agents, book agents, contacted me and said, hey, because that's what they do. They look at the newspaper and they, they think up, okay, well, who, who could be an author? <laughs> yeah. Who's sure, author sure. Yet? And they said, what, you know, would you want to do some sort of math book or something like that? What would you want to do it on? And now back in 2000, I'd been uh, asked to speak in front of Congress about the importance of women in mathematics. Because at that point, I was known as being this math person because I was a math major. Sure. And so I was like, I'd done all this research, and I realized that middle school was the time when kids shy away from math. And it's the same time of the wonder years. It's those years where like, right. kids, you know, their emotions are running wild and things are confusing and you, your self-esteem is all over the map. And at the same time, math goes from being like, okay, we're going to memorize my multiplication tables. Now I'm going to memorize how to do long division into really conceptual things like fractions and how to convert a fraction into a decimal or, you know, what it means to have a negative number. And all these things that are really, you know, challenging for the brain and it's challenging the brain in new ways. Right. And so it all happens at the same time in middle school. And I was like, okay, well, I know exactly what I want to do. I want to focus on middle school and middle school girls because they're the ones who are also becoming more aware of the stereotypes that tell them basically, you know what, you're cute and you're pretty and everything, but you don't have to be that smart. And you certainly don't have to be good at math because, you know, just don't, just don't worry. Here, here. Go ahead about that. Oh. No, math. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I was like, you know what, I've got to empower these girls to realize you, that you, math doesn't have to be scary and you don't have to choose between being the smart girl and being the hot, fun girl. I know it's just it's just unf it, the, the shitty part about it is that uh, you know it, it seems like there's a, a only a, a handful of boxes that people feel like it was it's just sort of like the old the way 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 old school guidance counselor theory <laughs> of like all right you're a cook all right you'll right. be a cop yeah people all right. pigeonhole themselves and and not really telling people like Ab actually you could literally be anything you want to be yeah but I never understood why. Because I was a philosophy. I started in the math department at UCLA, and then I ended in the philosophy department. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you take logic, which is a very mathematical approach to philosophy, uh, it's sort of like it's sort of like what you did with your with your, with your paper, where you kind of mash it down, you mash arguments down into two dimensional, right. uh, you know, uh, uh, mathematical arguments, and you solve them. Math, I think, should be taught like a language, yes. rather than like a, a this bizarre set of numbers that. Because just like you said, middle school math, they teach kids like, okay, well, this is a fraction and that's a thing. And then kids don't really understand why. Yeah, you got to give context. You have to contextualize it. Absolutely. The same way that you would if you were learning a language. Oh, well, this mean, you know, this word means this, which is what in your language would be this. Like you need, you know, so effectively you're sort of a translator. <laughs> Yes, totally. <laughs> a mathematical translator. And I've talked about that, too. It's all about how math is translated. It is a foreign language. And if it's not translated well, you know, whether it's because there's a teacher who doesn't like math themselves, because oftentimes teachers, you know, end up being forced into teaching math because there aren't as many math teachers right. um, as there are English teachers, you know, or they're, or they're confused, you know. I mean, people get confused at all ages about math, you know, for all sorts of reasons. It's a vicious cycle. And... Um, I'm here to translate math in a way that's fun and relevant and uh, especially make girls feel at home. Well, not only is, is math a language, it's the language. It is the it language. It is it's the, the language. It's language, and there's also love, of course. Love and math. Really, when it comes <laughs> down to it, what other languages do you need? Yeah, exactly. What is this love you speak of? Spanish. Spanish. Uh, is oh, I'll program it. I'll program the, Spanish I'll program the love string into your... <laughs> oh, thank you. Into love, you. math, and Spanish. Spanish, yeah. Spanish. Data, let me just put the emotion chip in you. Oh, no. That's when the movies get bad. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> so how... I mean, it, it must be very empowering for you to know that you 
are affecting a generation of young women who might otherwise have maybe not pursued yeah. math or not felt that, you know, because of the certain pressures or societal uh, bullshit that they could do these things. Right. And we think about it. What are little girls looking at? You know, what do they see around them? The fucking Kardashians. The Ugh. Kardashians, you know, but not just them. It's everywhere. Every reality, almost every reality show you see <laughs> is 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 making girls think, oh, so that's what I'm supposed to be. So that's how I'm that's how to be attractive. That's how to be fabulous. And and it's it's, it's billboards and magazines. It's really every conceivable source you can think of. Now, some people say, well, Danica, how could you do stuff magazine? How could you do Maxim? You know, what are you thinking? Isn't that giving the wrong message? And actually, I say no. It gives the exact right message. It gives the message that when you are a woman in your 30s and you want to do a fun lingerie spread, you totally can. You know, in fact. That goes to show that you don't have to choose between being smart and, and happy and in control of your life and being a fully realized sexual woman. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't have to choose. And, and, and they're getting the message that in order to be fabulous and fun and sexy, you have to be vapid, stupid, or all sorts of other negative things that will make them unhappy in their lives. And I want to show them how to be happy, how to be a fulfilled woman as they grow up. And the negative flip side of that is that it also says... Smart women can't be sexy is what they're trying to say. Right, right. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. There, there's these like you were talking about pigeonholes and people being boxed into certain categories, and it's 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 really sad. There's no reason for it. I'm here to break those stereotypes right open. <laughs> well, I think you're doing a nice job. You've written bo- you've written multiple books. I'm yeah. I'm currently writing book number four. In fact, I actually just on Friday turned in the. Um, like the revised draft and all the illustrations, because it's a geometry book, so there's a ton of illustrations. And I had a diagram maker, but then I do my own little drawings on top of them mm-hmm. and stuff. So uh, it's it's just a whole lot of work. There's hundreds and hundreds of these illustrations. <laughs> and um, and it all got turned in on Friday. Nice. Um, yeah, so it comes out in August. I'm really, really happy with it. You know what's really funny? is Well, this isn't really funny. This is just a dumb, almost kind of embarrassing thing for me to admit. I loved math when I was in school, and for some reason I use, <laughs> like... Whenever I was having anxiety attacks when I was a teenager or even well into my 20s and I would start to think, oh, my God, I, I think I'm losing my mind or I think I'm having a stroke or I think I'm having some sort of a weird <laughs> a- 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 anxiety thing. If I could recite the quadratic equation to myself, ah. I, that always made me know that I was OK. That was your can happy you, place. Can you do it now? Yes, yes, yes. It's uh, I believe it's uh, X equals plus or minus the square root of B squared minus 4AC over 2A. Close. What did, what did I miss? Negative B. Negative, the opposite of B, plus or minus the square root of B squared minus 4AC over 2A. You yeah. should go back and feel There's all that anxiety song. that you squelched by saying the wrong. Oh, my God, <laughs> I'm not okay. <laughs> it's a stroke. It's a you guys, you smell toast, right? I've been teaching, I'm trying to teach my, my 17-month-old son, son. Once he starts talking, maybe, I mean, he says words, but this is a little advanced. X equals negative B plus or minus the square root of B squared minus 4AC <laughs> all over 2A. <laughs> you're gonna, wow. your, your son's going to be like the, the little, the, 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 if the movie Parenthood, Rick Moranis' yes. kid. Oh, like yeah, little yeah. girl like, <laughs> what's the square root of 23. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And then the other one's like Just eating. This put it, he's yeah. hitting his head into the wall with a bucket yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I love that movie. Parenthood. It's a yeah, great it's movie. Oh Holds up. So Keanu great. Reeves. Yeah. He was great in that movie. Yeah, he was great in that yeah. movie. <laughs> Everybody weird. was great in that movie. Dying Waste. I mean, they're all, yeah. I mean, oh my God. Can we just talk about Tom Hulse for a sec? Like, that yes. guy was so amazing. Amadeus. Yeah. That And then just like, just, just what happened? Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah. I think the same all the time. Like, where is he? I mean, He's he was probably writing, writing books brilliant. about math somewhere. <laughs> I don't 
<laughs> you never know. And then you find out these amazing things like, oh, Peter Weller is a professor of architecture and, right, right. and stuff like that, <laughs> which is true. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to talk a little bit about your time at UCLA because it must have been – I can't even imagine what it must have been like for you coming off the Wonder Years and then being, you know – being Winnie Cooper at UCLA and having to say to people like, no, I'm Danica and let's, <laughs> can we all just though. calm down for a second? And I, <laughs> what, 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 how, how, how did you weather did you find that? people narrating around you? Cause oh I would have. Yeah. <laughs> no, You're I just had... trying to buy lunch and some douchebags in the background going, what would you do? And you're like, okay, I get it. I was on a show, please. Well, I walk into a restaurant often. Well, often. It's happened a few times. And they'll so- suddenly the music will turn off and that music will come oh, on. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Like, really? That hurts my soul. That hurts my soul. Once you got the version wrong, it wasn't the Joe Cocker version. Right. <laughs> you're like, nah, so you didn't get it right. <laughs> That well, actually, insulting. no, and I haven't seen it yet, but apparently on Netflix, they... It's a different version. It's a different version. Yeah, yeah. So it's a third version I've never some heard. Some people will think that that's the real version. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Which is a shame. Yeah. yeah. I haven't heard it. I really shouldn't be judging it. It's just that it something cha- about that Joe Cocker one. That's it changes the uh, the weight of all the like old footage in the beginning where you're just like, uh, you're just like the Joe Cocker was so <laughs> emotional and you're like, well, it's something's different. It's like a MIDI version of it or something, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jo- Joe Cocker, who basically would gargle... Uh, Rocks, yeah, rocks and whiskey, <laughs> rocks and whiskey. But yeah, no, all I mean, every every day on campus. In fact, I thought I was going to live on campus like most people do in their first year or so, and I was there for orientation. And I had literally had people like banging on the door, going Winnie Cooper at like three in the morning. I was like, I can't do this. I can't move here. This is so I had to live off campus. But I did join a sorority so that I would have that community feel. I was an Alpha Delta Pi, and part of the reason I chose them is because all the really big sororities they made way too big a deal out of the one year so I was like no I, come on guys like I just want to see who else I am too oh my god you that- know it was and, and, and at 80 Pi I remember walking and I thought you know what I could have a slumber, slumber party with these girls and just hang out like they weren't overly impressed I could just be myself and it made a huge difference but yeah every day on campus Hey, Winnie, where's Kevin? That was the biggest one just shouting across the way <sighs> and at, at, in the halls of the math department it didn't feel quite like that that it, it it was this thing where I I was taking I took a calculus. Hey Winnie, class. can you predict the probability of where Kevin might be? Right, no, <laughs> that actually didn't happen. It was kind of a different breed or it was something. The math and the math professors well, themselves, didn't, the math you kids know. didn't get to watch television. They, I, I wonder, I wonder. Yeah, yeah. thing they just didn't watch it. They were too yeah. busy playing D and D. I don't know, but I I really felt like I had a chance to redefine myself. And math made me feel smart and important and, and valuable for something that had nothing to do with Winnie Cooper. And it was a breath of fresh air, and I I jumped on it. I mean, talk about. I mean, math is the ultimate meritocracy. <laughs> like, there is no gray area. That's right. You get it or you don't get it. Exactly. Right. You know how fun it is when you don't get it. <laughs> and you take lots of classes to try and get it. <laughs> and then it just becomes an embarrassment and then almost a reason you don't graduate high school. That's not fun. Now, when you say yeah, do you mean... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I? yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I'm mm. sensing some hurt, some deep... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 like, it's like I... I hate it so much, and like I, I don't mean Check to like out. insult it. No, no, it. seriously, my first book is called Math Doesn't Suck. Check it out. I should have brought one with me. I have it. Yeah. I have it. I have you? it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know it's going to be a little girly, but you'll like it. And you know what? Actually, a lot of guys have written to me saying that the book is kind of girly, but they feel like they've learned not only math but also how girls think. That's cool. So you know, really, added yeah. benefit. I took three maths my senior year of high school. Is there a like mathematical formula for why college girls only date dickheads? Mm. Mm. Okay, and, and, and not nice, ni- not, not <laughs> nice nerdy guys. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't know, but it's uh, damn it. 
bad equation. <laughs> it's a bad. E- I I left the math department after my freshman year because I had gone to an all boys. My mom. I went to all boys Catholic school, and so then you know. Well, then I go to UCLA and it's just 35,000 students and 18,000 of them are girls. And I couldn't, I, I almost couldn't handle it. And so I was just, I just was like skipping classes and, you know, and math is very difficult to do that because it's so cumulative that you, yes. it's, it's yeah. difficult to just, you know, like skip three weeks of class and they're like, oh, I'll just catch up. And so, uh, and so I went to uh, the philosophy department. <laughs> and went to philosophy we can department. come up, you can philosophize a reason why you skipped the last three weeks of class. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but I, I can't, were you able to have any semblance of a normal life at yeah. UCLA? Well, at 80 Pi, at my sorority, I actually had a chance to just kick back and relax. I'd go there. It was sort of my refuge, right? my refuge. I would just go and, and, um, Oh, you know, I was the head of the study program there. I became that. And then I was a tutor in the math department at UCLA and and uh, had my students and uh, my calculus students when I was tutoring. And actually, <laughs> yeah, we had some story. pretty crazy Sudoku I, nights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um, I went to Sundance a couple of years after I graduated from UCLA. And Sundance is a film festival that is just hard to get into the parties, no matter who you are, really. Well, I suppose if you're the Kardashians, you could probably get it. <laughs> anyway, I was in line to get into this party. It was like the biggest party, right? And there were, there were named celebrities in front of me and in the back of me in line. Like, nobody was getting in. And suddenly the bouncer calls over and says, hey, Danica. Hey, you know. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Maybe he's like a huge Wonder Years fan. This is awesome. I'm getting into this party. <laughs> and I went up. And he goes, hey, it's me, John. You, you saved me in calculus. You, oh, like, you're my tutor. Get your friends to get in here. I was like, oh. Awesome. <laughs> like, nice. I was a math celebrity. Math wins. That's math great. wins. It was great. I love this. I mean, you know, it, is it. How, why is it that so, well, maybe you don't know the answer to this, but, but so many young actors and actresses just have no, any kind of compass, you know, and they just kind of spin out of control and that, but here you are, you know, you were as big a television star as anyone could be, um, as a child and, and you still, you know, like, and you, you grew up very stable and you were a math tutor and you're helping people and like, how, what was it? Was it a solid family unit or are you just ingrained with some special thing that most people I don't mean, have? My parents are divorced, but, and they were back then too, but they loved us a lot and really kept us grounded. I mean, I remember the first year of the Wonder Years was nominated for an Emmy and that was the year that we won for best series. The only year we won and we were nominated every year. And that, that year, we already had a trip scheduled with my dad to go on a river trip, a river rafting trip. It was me and my sister and my dad, just the, th- the three of us. And when we found out about the Emmys, we were like, okay, well, we have to decide. And as a family, we decided, no, we're going to go on the trip. <laughs> and awesome. we went on the trip. And I remember we, we, uh, it was on the Rogue River in Oregon. And we stayed in some, like, dinky little motel the night before. And ha- they had a little TV that barely worked. And we watched the Emmys on the TV. And we're like, we won, we won. Jumped up and down in the bed. Woke up at four in the morning the next morning, went on the river and had the trip of our lives. I mean, I will never forget picking blackberries on the side of the river with my dad and my sister. And it, it couldn't have been a better choice. And it couldn't have been a better message, too, because we knew it was important. You know, it, it just it made all the difference. And that, that's who my parents are. That's so, who, and that's they, they, they never got overly impressed um, by the Hollywood stuff. And uh, I still had chores when I got home, you know, and... They just really made sure that we knew it was important. And they also told us, you know, this does not define you. You, you can quit at any time, and we're totally cool with it. What, what did your parents do? What do they, what do, they what, do? What, what, what did they do? What oh, do they my do? dad's um, in real estate development, uh-huh. and my mom is a meditation instructor now, but she uh, was just a mom before. 
And they still just had this really cool sort of, wow, that's really amazing. No, they're great. I really am grateful for them. How did you even get into acting to begin with? Just, uh, um, gosh, my mom had some friends from the business and they said, and I guess I looked in the mirror a lot when I was a small child, <laughs> uh, making faces at myself. And um, Leslie Ann Warren yeah. uh, used to be really close friends with my mom. And she said, hey, you know, your daughters are really cute. They should get into acting. And my mom was like, do you guys want to do that? And I guess we were like, eh, I don't know. And then I remember asking my mom what acting was. And she said it was when you pretend to be somebody else. And at the time, we had a babysitter who was from New Zealand. And she had an accent. And I remember, like, imitating her in the shower, like, trying to do her voice. I was like, I could do this. I remember looking at commercials and going, that looks pretty fun. And I guess it was about a year later that I approached my mom again. This is when I was eight years old. And I said, you know what? I want to try acting. And she put us in Lee Strasberg Institute of Acting. And we took classes there, like, every Saturday and loved it. She said that when, when she brought us to the class, she was like, oh, gosh, it's an all-day thing. I'm not sure if they're going to like it. And that when she came to pick us up, that we didn't want to leave. We were having so much fun. My sister oh. actually was on The Wonder Years for a while. My sister, Crystal McKellar, played Becky Slater. Oh. She was on, like, nine episodes. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. I totally remember yeah. that. she and I both tried out for the part of Winnie Cooper. We were, like, nobodies. I mean, we weren't auditioning for that role. Um, but, like, nobody else got it. It was like they they were, like, I think it was a Friday night that we were cast. And we started working the next Monday. Um, it was crazy. And it came down to me and two other girls. And then the other girl left, and it was me and my sister. I mean, that was it. And the, it wow. came down to us, and it was a guest role on the, on the uh, pilot. And so it wasn't a huge, huge deal, but it was still, you know, a really great show. And when they gave it to me, they said, but we like Crystal so much, we're going to write a role for her, too. Whoa. Oh, wow. Yep. And then four days into shooting The Wonder Years, they approached me and said, we think that Danica and Fred have a really good chemistry. We'd like to offer a series regular role. <gasps> and it, even at that point, my mom was like, I don't know. This Whoa. is a huge commitment. Family comes first. Health comes first. School comes first. I'm not sure how this is all going to work out. But she, but Joanne Savage, um, the, all the moms were so down to earth. She said, you know what? This is not one of those typical Hollywood sets. Everybody seems really grounded. Everybody knows what's most important. And as you can tell, I mean, all the kids on The Wonder Years are doing fine. Yeah. yeah. We're all pretty well adjusted. It just had that kind of vibe on set. Yeah. So and my mom said, that's okay. That's true. Everyone, everyone is really that. cool. And you know yeah. what's funny is, yeah, is... Josh is a lawyer. Yeah. Josh is a lawyer. I mean, Fred's directing like, he directs, all like, the time. every show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Fred's directing. Josh is a lawyer. My sister's a lawyer. Um, it's Everybody's doing well. And 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 uh, Jason Hervey, who I've, knew, I've known since I yeah. was a little kid, who always played the biggest dick on anything, is <laughs> yes. like the coolest guy in the world. Oh, totally. Yeah. He's like a producer. I, I forget what he's doing now. He was, he's had his hands in a lot of things. He was doing like something with wrestling. Wrestling, yeah. He was doing like... Yeah. WWE or something. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. I would run into him and he's like, oh, I'm doing this. Got his hands in the Scott Bayo pie. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. that just doesn't Scott sound Bale right. Pie. It's delicious. Yeah, that didn't sound right. Um, but uh, that that that's truly amazing. So was was it the was the chemistry on the set pretty cool? Was ever was it was it a fun? Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I mean, the moms made sure that like the crew members didn't you know use too much bad language. And Skip Cook, who was the head electrician, he was awesome. He really cared about us a lot too and um, all the producers everybody was was really great do you think there's now and this is uh, sort of a tangent but um, you know you see in magazines now like I, I, I feel like America goes right to the edge of sexualizing young teenage girls mm-hmm. like to where it's to where you can't really go that's not okay but it's really close right. like I feel like they do that they do that with the Olsen twins and they do it with the Fanning kids it's just like dress like dress these 11 to 14 year old girls up like 
sexy grown-ups and it just feels sexy grown-ups well that but no, like, that phrase is like, funny but like the i don't i sound like an old like person Miley cyrus and all that but there's stuff. just like putting them in like fashion it doesn't it feels not right does that seem not right okay to you or am i just reading too much into it it's 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 hard i mean yeah because when they're young like that i mean it's it's a little weird i don't think my mom would have gone for it you know i um i didn't do max until i was 30 so, <laughs> that's all i'm saying <laughs> you hear that ladies wait Yes, wait, just wait on everything. I mean, did they, was there ever any pressure when you were to to do any to to do any kind of like, hey, Winnie's like the girl next door. Let's do like a fun shoot, and it was like, yeah, you know, this feels a little creepy. Maybe like, can we just we're kids? Can we just be kids? I remember doing stuff for like like Teen Mag, like Teen Beat, you know, and Bop, that kind of thing. But that was like they came over to the house once and we did a photo shoot where I had all my Garfield stuffed animals with me. I mean, it's pretty innocent stuff. Okay, I, I don't remember doing it. I, don't, I mean, if we were approached for that kind of thing, I was shielded from it. I think maybe that's I just that, a function of now. Time. That was the time, I think too, it's just yeah. a function of now. Like, it's like you look at those, like all those old magazines like from you know, 80s and early 90s, like everyone was still wearing kind of like big sweaters and stuff like that. Yeah, was, yeah the grunt, yeah. the Seattle Jonathan Taylor grunt Thomas. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big cable knit oh, sweater. JTT. JTT. Yeah. Yeah. Doc Martens, remember Doc Martens? Yes. I yeah. do. We used to wear Doc Martens with dresses, you know? Yeah, that was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, I, I thought that was so hot. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. The sweater, remember the, uh, like, uh, the sweater gloves? The, the, like, yeah, the sweater, oh my like, uh, the thumb my so called life girl, when yeah. Claire Danes would always have oh, that yeah. over the thumb. I think Janine Garofalo helped popularize the, 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 like the dress with the the Doc, Doc Martens, Martins. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also the uh, the bass player from uh, Smashing Pumpkins, she would always dress like that. I remember. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't quite as risque. <laughs> <laughs> Different times. So uh, so you enter UCLA. You're in this sorority. You somehow managed to smartly avoid being used as a hood ornament for other sororities uh, because right. of who you were. Yes. And then, what? This whole time you're studying math. Are you thinking like? You know, someday I'm going to go back to acting or maybe I'm going to be a, like you could be a math professor if you I wanted to be. I considered being a math professor. I really did. And and getting the chance to co-author that paper gave me a chance to um, see what it would be like to be a professional mathematician. We, we, we applied for a stipend. We did all that stuff. And um, so I was actually I was a professional mathematician for one summer. And I realized that I as much as I loved it, I missed the sharing aspect. Um, I didn't. You know, when, you, when you're working at the, the, the end of the little branch at the tip, there right. are very few people who you can talk to about what you're doing and, and how you're thinking and what's going on with your mind. It was this amazing place to go. And, and the, the, because you're given, like, for instance, the more vocabulary you're given about anything, the more in detail you can talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't used to have a word. Lon- they didn't have the word lonely. You know, Shakespeare made that up, right? You... And, and when we get more words, philosophy, you know, all those things, you, you have the ability to go deeper. And at those little tips of the branches, you can go really, really deep. But you're in a place that you can't talk to anybody else. Right. And I, 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 I was lonely. I missed it. I missed sharing. That's really interesting that, 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 that the specificity of your math was isolating yeah, in a weird was. sort of way. It Professor, was. what's my motivation? It solved that. Oh, that's not a, <laughs> I yeah. need more. No, I just, I missed sharing. And, and the great part is I didn't even realize at the time that I'd be able to share math the way I'm through my books. You know, it, it, it became the perfect thing that I'd been training to do my whole life and never even realized it. I, I loved math. I was thinking about being a professor. Then at the end of graduation, I was like, no, I, I miss sharing my soul. I miss 
communicating somehow in, in that way, on that level. I miss entertainment. Mm-hmm. And so I went back to entertainment. I did The West Wing and I did, a, I did some independent movies and I did a bunch of stuff. I did some theater. And then I loved that. And then I missed math again. And then I was telling you that, that I was in, in the New York Times did a story about me and my math paper. And that same month, um, it was July of 2005, is when my Stuff Magazine spread came out. And what was funny is that in that lingerie spread, I talked about math. And in the uh, article in the New York Times, it, it referenced the spread in Stuff Magazine. And I was like, this is like, how about that? This is breaking a stereotype right here. And then to get the call from uh, the two different book agents that contacted me and said, we think you should write a book. I mean, it just, it just all came together. It's so amazing that how life can just... The life works out the details for you. You know, you don't have to worry about that. If you just do what you're passionate about and what you're feeling in the moment, the vibe will carry you into your, your life purpose. And it has for me, and it's so great. Well, the, and, and that's ultimately, that's ultimately, I think, the lesson. So wh- whether or not it's math or acting or whatever it is that people are into, I think at a very young age, you learned <clears throat> this sort of fundamental principle that I think goes back to the river rafting trip mm-hmm. where it's like, you know what? You, you pursue the things that are important to you. Yeah. And and that's where you, the kind of magic unfolds, or you know, or, or whatever it is that happens. Because, you know, listen, if you want to do math for a while, do math. If you want to do acting, go back to acting. Because I guarantee. I mean, what's amazing is, you know, you're standing in that line at Sundance, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how famous the other people around you are. You have this thing that really kind of makes you more confident than anyone else. Like, hey, yeah, you guys are, uh, you're all famous. You know, you might be more famous than I am technically, but. I uh, solved a math theorem. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's a that's math, just like... You know, math does give you confidence. That's a weird thing that you yeah, can always does. carry around that no one can ever take away from you. Well, especially after I graduated and people were like, like people in the business were like, oh, so we haven't seen you around for a while. What have you been doing? Right. You know, like <laughs> that tone where like, they, they figure that Condescending. Yeah, they figure that, you know, you've been on drugs or at the very least, you know, you were shoplifting or something. And, <laughs> and then, you know, then, and then you're like, oh, it was a college. Uh, oh, 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 that's good. Yeah, I was expanding the realm of human knowledge. <laughs> like, what, what have you been doing? Like a theater major? You know, I'm like, um, no, actually. Um, and I just had that, that micro beat, you know, I would just hold it for a second. Mathematics, because I would know that like in a second there's going to be school. Like, you know what? Stop it with all your expectations of what right. happens to all child actors. No, we don't all have to go down into the gutter. Um, some of us can actually, you know, survive this and use our brains. <laughs> you, you could totally turn around and be like, so are you still just casting things? <laughs> oh, you've been right. doing that for a really long yeah. time, huh? Just waiting for someone to call. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, no, listen, I'm sure it'll work out that this Kazakh person breaks down. <laughs> no, I don't ever do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that. But I will tell you that it's been very satisfying. It, having the math card to play was was pretty great. I mean, now it's not a secret that I was a math major because of all my math books. But for a while there, when people had such low expectations of me, it was great to be able to pull that out. And yeah, and even, even without that, just having that confidence, doing something that people think of as hard gives you confidence. And that's actually really what I want to give the readers of my books. Mm-hmm. You know, I get people... Facebooking me and tweeting me, telling me that they're in their fifties and they're they're like finally getting some of this stuff, and I'm, and, it, and they're like, "Thank you so much. This is such a gift," and it just makes me so happy. It makes me feel so good. What's your sort of what's the underlying principle of the book? Like, how do you how do you get into a topic like simplifying math for for people who are terrified of it? Usually, with some analogy um, that makes it more fun and doesn't seem so mathy. Um, for integers, for example, like, you know, positive and negative mm-hmm. numbers, I call them mintagers. They're breath mints. 
And uh, if it's a good tasting breath mint, like peppermint or spearmint, that's positive. But if you, you know those, uh, those jelly awesome. beans that have a bad, like flavors like dirt and vomit? Yeah. Oh, Harry Potter jelly beans. Yes, yeah. Birdie Bots Every Flavor Beans? Yeah, just awful. I'm just so gross. guessing. You're just, yeah, for No, I know exactly what it is. So, Birdie Bots Every so Flavor So those beans. have negative values. And so if you put one of those and like a negative six with a positive six in your mouth at the same time, they cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. Also known as, it's very bland taste, also known as Mr. Lintager. But it works. It works. It's silly and, you know, it, it works. Whatever is sillier and, and, and more memorable is what sticks in your head and that's how you remember it. Um, that's comedy, oh. by the way. Everything you're describing is how comedy works. There is a weird sort of formula where you take a concept and you figure out how to relate it to a group of strangers. And that's exactly what you're doing. Interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. No, and I... Um, but with formulas, too, I, even the quadratic formula we were talking about before, I talk about Betty at the mall. Betty is in a bad mood, and she goes to the mall. So she's in a bad mood, which is negative B. Mm-hmm. And she can't decide if she wants to go to the store or not, plus or minus, right? <laughs> and then she sees herself um, in a mirror. So it's like Betty squared. Right? So it's B squared. It's two, right? And then she sees the four really snobby girls across the way, and they're always in a bad mood. So it's negative four. AC, that's, I think it was Annabelle, Anastasia, Clarissa, and Claire, or something, mm-hmm. whatever. And then um, she hides from them because she doesn't want to see them. You know, so she hides down. She crouches down below. And then she spills her lemonade all over them by mistake um, because the, the two of the girls who, who – uh, so it's all over 2A. Mm-hmm. All so over 2A. Oh, gotcha, two. gotcha. So, you know, it's just like silly little stories like that where, you know, it just takes a really boring, long equation and gives it some sort of context, something that feels more fun and something that's going to be a little easier to remember. And I – um, I just did the same thing for the um, in my geometry book for the equation of the volume or the formula for the volume of a sphere. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ever look at birdseed, it looks kind of like round, right? Like little spheres. Yep. Um, well, four thirds pi r cubed. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're thinking about birds, right? Well, four thirds sounds like four birds. And four birds, you might want to cut up some pie to give them to eat. Mm-hmm. Four birds pi r cubed. That's awesome. The grammar's not good, but that's not the point. It doesn't matter. That you're you, like, oh, I remember it now. You can't help but remember that stuff. It's like it's it's mnemonics, basically, exactly, for math. Exactly, mnemonics. Math. And and that's what I do all day long. I sit down and think, okay, how can I take this totally boring, dry thing and make it interesting and make it fun and either do a, an example from real life or just use funny, random, real life things to explain it. We can also add explosions. Would you? Oh, if Michael you know Bay what? directed if your I book. If I do the books for for boys, which people keep saying you gotta write books for boys, I'm I'm just gonna it's gonna be like this. Plus explosions. Yeah. Would, would you be <laughs> Would you be impressed at all if I knew like 150 digits of pi? I would be very impressed. Would you? Yes. <clears throat> my God. Can I go to the bathroom break for this one? No. Hey, shut up. You're gonna listen. Seriously, no. <laughs> I do. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm, do it. Okay. Good. Okay. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Don't well, I knew it. you were gonna tell don't me to do it. Sing it. I'm not. I'm not doing that performer thing where I'm like, guys, I don't wanna. Okay, I'll do it. Like, <laughs> of course I wanna do it. Yeah. 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 Uh. Three point one four one five nine two six five three five eight nine seven nine three two three eight four six two six four three three eight three two seven nine five zero two eight eight four one nine seven one six nine three nine nine three seven five one zero five eight two zero nine seven four nine four four five nine two three zero seven eight one six four zero six two eight six two zero eight nine nine eight six two eight zero three four eight two five three four two one one seven zero six seven nine eight two one four eight zero eight six five two three. That's all I know. Wow! Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. You only need six oh digits God. of pi to solve. For any point in space. 
and yet we're obsessed with solving it to trillions of digits. Um, That's so amazing. I'm so impressed. It's pretty. Did you did did you know a lot of them before the song? No, wrote? my friend and I wrote a song about the numerical value of pi, uh-huh. and the chorus is just a chant of the digits of pi. And we would perform it live, not ever intending to memorize the song. Uh-huh. And one one time we were on stage and we both just, for whatever reason, just started chanting it. And it was just like, oh, I wonder how far we can go. And we like did, in the course is like 3.141592653589793. And so it was just through music, through this song that we wrote that we accidentally memorized all these digits wow. of pi. Yeah, that almost like the so alphabet. Great. When like kids learn the alphabet, they learn through the alphabet song. Sure. Yeah. And that's like a, it's funny that music also like a sing songy version made you memorize. But it's exactly what Danica's saying yeah, about exactly. like about using you know a different trick. using other tools yeah. to to kind of to to grow roots in the brain and 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 find points of connectivity. Do you ever see the IT crowd? Yeah, yes. yeah, the British. Yeah. Oh, one, one, eight, nine, nine, nine. We're not just the emergency services. Oh, we're yeah. your emergency services. <laughs> That's the best I can do with a number song. Oh, I do know the element song. Oh, the Tom Lehrer element song, yes. So you know, that's even impressive that you know that it's Tom Lehrer. Well, Tom Lehrer is one of my favorite. Tom Lehrer, here, let, let me give you a little background about Tom Lehrer. Tom Lehrer, uh, I've been obsessed with for years. And this guy that I wrote the Pi song with, my, my buddy Mike Furman, we'd been writing all these like faux educational nerdy songs. And in the 90s, kind of realized like, oh, wait a minute. Someone said, oh, do you like Tom Lehrer? And I go, Tom Lehrer, I think I know who that is. And then I realized, oh, Tom Lehrer, the guy who did all the songs for the electric company. Not only do I know who Tom Lehrer is, he has accidentally influenced like so much of the music that we've written. I didn't know that he did the music for the electric company. Do you remember like L.Y., the L.Y. song? No. Um, uh uh, here, I mean, I know Tom Lehrer. I, I Maskism Tango. I mean, yeah, the Maskism Tango, the, and then you know, and the, and the New Math. Do you know the, the New Math? math yeah. yeah. The only reason I know Tom Lehrer is because of They Might Be Giants and Doctor Demento. Because ah. the like they covered him, yeah, and then uh, totally. he would play them. Can you pull up the Li song on your you know on your phone? Do you know the Annex too? Then yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're into educational fun yeah. songs, uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. totally memorize the country song. I wish they'd update it, you know, because so many of the countries. <laughs> a lot of those countries now. are gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. United That's States, a, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic Dominican, Cuba, Caribbean, Greenland, Salvador, too, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Venezuela, Honduras, Guyana, and still Guatemala, Bolivia, then Argentina, and Ecuador, Chile, Brazil, Costa Rica, Belize, Nicaragua, Bermuda, Bahamas, Tobago, San Juan, Paraguay, Uruguay, Suriname, French Guiana. Guam. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, I yeah, love memorizing great. silly songs. What were the and other ones they did? They did uh, the, they capitals. Did the capitals. The capitals. Yeah. Yeah. That was, one's. Yeah. That one wasn't as fun for some no, reason. No, I don't know why. I just I, I like because it's like you know just the big world map. Yeah. And, you know, and it would light up. So yeah. Yeah, and I know. It would light up. No, I memorized the element song. Actually, I did part of it on that trip. That the trip that I talked about my river rafting trip. I was eleven. Oh wow. Yeah, I started it there. Um, well, you know, Tom Lehrer was a math, was a math professor. Yes. Yeah. Totally. So I, I have him once, and I was hoping maybe he knew the one years. I never got a response back. I was like, I just want you to know that I'm a huge. Uh, so here's the thing, <laughs> I Tom Lehrer, I have what I believe to be Tom Lehrer's phone number. Really. And every couple months, I pull it out and I stare at it, mm. and I go. Today's the day I'm going to call Tom Lehrer. He may not be around for much longer. I know. He's got to be in his 80s. Yeah. Um, and I can never do it because I feel like it, there's going to be too much of a sales pitch for me 
when he picks up the phone, hello. Hey, Tom Blair, my name is Chris Arnick, and I do a podcast, and I do comedy, and you're it's the best call. person. It's a cold call. It's hard. Yeah, it yeah. is. And yeah. so, I mean, and he... It's like the Glenn Gary leads. <laughs> exactly. You know? Hey, <laughs> you know what? I'm not, I'm not a closer. I'm not, I'm not a closer. I'm not a closer with Tom Blair. And so he... Um, and he's so he just seems so unaffected by all of the notoriety and it just never really it was just like a thing he did it wasn't really a big deal to him it yeah. didn't seem like no, i heard that he stopped like he quit in the middle of a concert once because like you know i just don't <laughs> he like, reached the t- yeah like, like i'm yeah. bored and you not know? not yeah. only yeah. Like, like, good. He, he See you guys later. It's, it's like for him it was like telling the same joke over and over again oh my yeah, god bored but you don't the guys that smart must have really just yeah. kind of, mm. i mean i mean not and such a technically amazing pianist oh my God, I know. on top yeah. of a lyricist on top of a joke writer he never when you listen to his albums he doesn't waste a syllable every word is exactly where it should be mm-hmm. and he's so he, that guy is incredible really yeah. good impersonation of him oh I've, <laughs> I've listened to i've listened to i mean i so many times did you find the ly song yeah. This is the L.Y. song. He wrote like Silent E and L.Y. and all these educational songs for Electric Company. It's spelled L.Y. and it's very useful. Let me show you. You're wearing your squeaky shoes and right there taking a snooze is a tiger. So how do you walk on by? Silently. Silently. Silent. L.Y. So he wrote that. Wow. I mean, I've seen that song. I, that's the Tom Blair. I just never put it together. Is that mind blowing? Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's brilliant. Yeah. He's brilliant. Are you listening to us now, Tom Blair? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I don't know who any of you are, and I'm not going to be on what your program. What's a podcast? What's a podcast? Well, this uh, Tom Wilson had that great homonym song, which I thought was on par with like a Tom Blair song. Oh, Tom Wilson's homonym song is amazing. Yeah, it's a song about homonyms all about like comprised of homonyms comprised just like, of homonyms yeah. yeah it's incredible the same way that Weird Al's um, palindrome, palindrome song palindrome. is yeah. just a big palindrome <laughs> or a series of palindromes right. yeah, it's yeah. Tom, Tom Wilson does the same thing with homonyms that's great it's amazing yeah t- you know Tom Lehrer is sort of the if it, like when people when people say like who's like the ultimate podcast I I would love to have Tom Lehrer on, but I don't know if I'd be able to contain myself. <laughs> right. You'd be like, what's that Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live skit with them? Um, Chris Farley. It's Chris Farley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, remember that time? Remember, that song remember you wrote that song about math? Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, cool. Of course I did. That I was, was there. Really cool. oh. <laughs> Poisoning Pigeons in the Park. I mean, just like so much of... <laughs> my Okay. My dad and my sister and I perform Poisoning Pigeons in the Park at every family gathering. Really? And Crystal, my sister, plays the pigeon. She starts talking, cool. Your sister, the lawyer? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mrs. And then we, we sit there, stand there, three in a row. My dad's standing in the middle. We put our hands on our hips and we like go up and down, up and down, and sing this song. Please, please, please record that. Oh that, is, that sounds amazing. Did point. you see um, Daniel Radcliffe, um, one of the yeah. Graham Norton show? Yeah. And he's a huge Tom Lair fan, and really? he did the Elements song live on the Graham Norton show, wow. and it was amazing. Wow, that's great. That's great. It made that's me awesome. love. It made me love that guy even yeah. even more. Also, his episode of Saturday Night Live was incredible, and his episode of Extras was really good, amazing too. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I miss both of those. Yeah, so if yeah, you go online, this is the Graham Norton show. It's 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 Daniel Radcliffe. And what's fun yeah. about it is that see the pen and paper work. Yeah. What's fun about it is you can see, you know, this kid who's you know ostensibly the most famous kid in the world. Yep. Yeah. Just so nerding out about Tom Lair. It's like, have you ever have you ever heard of Tom Lair? He's brilliant, mm. and he wrote this song about the elements, and he does it, and it's 
amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he owns it too. Like he he kind of he's not embarrassed that he knows it. He yeah. just like very like really, yeah, it's awesome. I really thought you meant he bought the song. He owns it. <laughs> he could he it them. on Amazon. Oh, no, like, he iTunes. bought the rights. He like, could he do that. So much money. Yeah. He's like, I bought the rights. He could do yeah. that. He could totally. Yeah, Tom it's funny. He on his SNL there was a sketch called "You Can Do Anything," which was a show kind of about the YouTube generation of sorts, where all these people that just do things just to do them, and they're and they don't try to do anything else. They just want to be like on internet famous. Mm-hmm, right. And I, I thought that was like a, it kind of goes back to saying that it's like people these days just think they can just get away with being famous for just really doing nothing or even fucking up trying to do something. Right. As opposed to like really putting in the effort and working and getting smarter to do what all this Tom stuff. What does Tom Lair think of that? I, I mean, I can't even imagine what he thinks of, of, well, you know what though? Truthfully at the time he, he, you know, he did this series in, um, or he did this, this, this show in uh, in the '60s, which was the year that was, and you know the stuff that he talks about. When you look back, it's like, oh yeah, shit was just as ridiculous back then. You know, like there was as much to mock in pop right, culture back right. then as there yeah. is now. It was, you know, yeah, was... Midnight in Paris. Did you guys see that? Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole idea that we all think that like some other time was better, and it's not. Yeah, like, yeah. You know I've what? always hated that. I really belonged in the '70s, man. You know, just like I was <laughs> you did, Jonah. You did. I didn't. I didn't. No. If I did, then I'd fucking disappear and be there right oh, now. Oh my I? god, what's <laughs> happening to him? <laughs> you know, people. What was that sound? Good point. <laughs> people talk about the '70s like. Man, you could do all sorts of drugs and have unprotected sex with people. Like, yeah, all those people died horrible deaths in the eighties <laughs> because they fucking poisoned no, their like, bodies yeah, into like I was, oblivion. I was telling people, I was like, no, my dad did that, and he's fucked up for life now. It's not. It wasn't cool. Yeah, it wasn't right, just right. for just for a good five was, years. Yeah. Like, it's not it was a little cool. No, I, the seventies just is so greasy. I just think of like Naga Hide and like porn. Not clean, like yeah. not clean people. J- not clean. Everything smoky. I also think it was, also think yeah. it was just a film production of the time that everyone just seemed <laughs> sweaty and brown. Yeah. It's like everyone seemed just kind of a bit weird. <laughs> no one groomed themselves. Yeah, exactly. It was just like it was Mutton just hairy and wool suits. Yep. Yeah. And Which just, is my book about the 70s. Mutton chops and wool suits. and wool suits. Hey, so Chris, what was the book that you wrote? I don't even know. What? The book that I wrote? Yeah. Oh, um, it's called, it was a book about, um, uh, it's called The Nerdist Way. It was a book about how I was a complete drunken fuck up in my 20s. And I had sort of, I had tried to reject all of the nerdy stuff that I was, that defined me as a, when I was growing up to try to fit in and be cool. And I just totally fucked my life up for a while. And and then in my early 30s, kind of realizing, like, no, I have these sort of innate abilities to hyper-focus on things that are part of this sort of the nerd culture that I grew up in. And so I'm. it was sort of like, I, I'm guessing if you're reading this book, you feel like you have some of the same problems. Here's what I did. Here's how you can refocus some of that that laser-like thing that you have in your brain on constructive things. And that's basically that's cool. what it was. That's, awesome. that's basically yeah. what it was. It's helping kids, too. Like, uh, talking to kids outside of shows, you know, they, they really do appreciate, like, they're getting their lives. Oh, they're of... sweet. Yeah, no, the people are sweet. We're, we're here to talk about it. I was interested. <laughs> oh, that's okay. long form. Can we? Uh, yes, of course. We can meander. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> we can watch a YouTube video. Can we ever? 20 show? minutes on Tom Lair. I think that, you know, we can probably talk about whatever. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'm, I'm like, I wanted to hear about I'm it. like a lion of narcissism. You don't want to get too close. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> the next hour will be uh, like. And then on the third hour of the Danica <laughs> McKellar podcast. And then, when I, and then when I wrote The Nurse's Way in <laughs> French, like, okay, please, Chris, <laughs> would you please? No, about. I'm gonna check it out. I think that's cool. It's a. I'll just it's give good. you it, it a copy. Like you can just like it's, it's it's helping kids own themselves and be true to themselves, and then and yet also 
have success socially. I'm well, guessing. I just I think I think a lot of people who are pre-programmed and you know, for lack of a better word, I say nerdy kids. I mean, you know, it's nerd is sort of a buzzword now that people use, but I tend to, I tend to mean it as you know, people who are obsessive creative types, like people mm. who will obsess on things at the expense of other things that might be actually beneficial to them. Right. Um, it's it's really just a passion and you know uh, and and a, just obsessive obsessive focus and so it really is just saying like hey you might feel like you're a victim of that in your life but you actually have control of that laser thing and you can and, and, and calling it a laser thing as opposed to <laughs> obsessing like right. that's that's a good positive I mean it's a focus yeah yeah right yeah uh it, 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 then, and then it feels like. Uh, it's 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 a it's an attribute. It's something they can be proud of. It's something they can. It's a tool they can use as opposed to a problem. That they you have. know what's interesting is that you actually are a math. You actually are an educator. I mean, like you're not. Even though you're not standing up in a classroom and people aren't saying Professor McKellar, you know, like you, you actually are an educator. And yeah, and and right. it's and it's really fascinating and wonderful that we, you know, that we live in a time where our technology can facilitate that. For you, it might have been harder like 20 years ago. Well, my, but see, I'm really not doing that much stuff online. I might have got websites, but it's really the books. I mean, you know, to me, and, and, and okay, yes, totally Math Doesn't wrong. Suck is available as an ebook. I think Kiss My Math might be available as an ebook too. I'm not totally sure. Um, but it's, it's to me, when you learn math, it's, it's nicer to have like a, a book, a physical book. You can turn the page and go, wait, what was that answer again? And flip mm-hmm. back. And, and I've got all these pictures and funny diagrams and things. And to me, that's the way to, you know, I wrote the books to be used in paper form. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm just old-fashioned like that. But it, t- it tends to work the best, I think. And then you put it in your backpack, you know, little 12-year-olds, they got it in their backpack with them. and They strap it, to it together with their other books with they, a belt. Yeah, <laughs> they show it to a teacher. I get emails, like, oh, I showed it to my teacher. And they're like, my teacher wanted to borrow it. <laughs> you know? uh, that's... And uh, but it's just something I'm having, that, that physical book. <laughs> like how the teacher isn't going to go out and buy it. Like, Can I borrow my student and borrow your student's That's not a school book. Right. I'm going to have to confiscate the that. Way, what is we're paying teachers right. that makes sense. Right. Yeah. No, totally. How, uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you're assembling these books, so like you're, you know, you're doing a book on geometry now, how do you, how do you decide you know, what, what you're going to teach in the book? I talk to teachers. Um, I find out, you know, I go, I look at uh, the NCTM website and, and I talk to students. I, I do a lot of, of prep work um, before I sort of make my outline. And then I look at you know, the California standards. Now, my books tend to be very conversational in nature. So there's some things that maybe I don't get a chance to cover in the book. And then I'll say, hey, check out my website, you know, and here's a PDF. And so mm-hmm. I'll like, do supplemental material like that. Mostly because my publisher doesn't want 500-page books. I don't know why. <laughs> like my geometry book was about 600 pages right. on my first draft. And so I'm putting a whole bunch of material, somewhere between 50 and 100 pages of material on my website. It'll probably be closer to 50 because there was also, also a little, little fat in there I had to cut. But um, it's, uh, you know, for me, it's really important that when somebody goes to one of my books, they, they get the answers they're looking for. And, and so I've got the three books so far. Math Doesn't Suck. Uh, it's for like grades, stuff that you learn in pre-pre-algebra, fractions, decimals, proportions, all that kind of stuff. Kiss My Math is truly pre-algebra. Negative numbers, exponents, how to solve for X, graphing lines, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. The third book is stuff. called Hot X, Algebra Exposed. And that's algebra. It's the quadratic formula. It's, you know, more negative exponents. It's, it's more, you know, um, complicated stuff. And, uh, and then the fourth one is geometry, which I can't give the title away yet. But And then the books all refer to each other. So it'll say, you know, for more on such and such, check out 
chapter five and kiss my math. So He's that, a marketing genius. No, so because, <laughs> because each book, like if you get an algebra book, usually it starts off with the first few chapters being on pre-algebra. Sure. And I didn't want to repeat stuff because I felt like that'd be sort of, I don't know, cheating my no, readers, like, I know yeah. what you mean. It's like yeah, when you turn years. on Golden Girls and it's a clip show. They're all just sitting around the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a flashback of a That's thing they just showed. That, yeah, because yeah. so B. Arthur Listen, wanted really a week off. <laughs> she wanted to go to the, <laughs> the Maldive Islands. Because that doesn't expand the uh, the storyline. We're going to get into no, Golden no, Girls No, no, there's usually like a C, shitty C storyline. Matt, this reminds me of the time on the other podcast where you... I also taught Tangents in the geometry book. Which we just did. very good at it. Unofficial title of that, the show you is know, Tangents. That was one of the most... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that's one of the most brilliant jokes that's ever happened on this podcast <laughs> where we... You are talking about the Golden Girls and relating it to her math books and then and then you talk about clip shows and then I take it into we're doing a clip show and then you say we also talk I, about Tangents. I somehow brought it back to my That mind. is amazing! Well, Thank that you. was a gorgeous little bow Aww. that you wrapped it up with. You, you might win the Nerdist Award this year. Hope you're not river rafting. <laughs> Are you? Do you do any? Uh, do you do college? The college circuit? Do you speak at colleges? Sometimes, sometimes, every now and then. Oh my God! You should be doing that. Well, well I'm not gonna tell you, you know, what you should be doing. I think she it, said it, she does it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why you got so mad. Yeah, I am. I'm well. so, you know, what? only so many hours in a day. That's, writing this a book. is true, and you um, have a, and you have a baby. a baby. Yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, when when the stars align, it happens. But once a year, once or twice a year. Oh man. Yeah. There's so many. Now I'm excited for you. Like I want. I feel like oh, we got to get your message out. You are right okay. Now. Good, you are. good, good, good. Because I, I mean, I very sweet. I was all do math together. I always loved math and paper because math, math. Even even if I had a difficult time sort of understanding what the you know what the formula was or what or, or how to get to whatever we were solving. And P.S. Uh, fuck imaginary numbers in the empty set. I'm just gonna say that. Mm. Um, yes. What they make me mad. Imaginary numbers. Chris, my mom's awesome. an imaginary number. Oh my God! I'm Wait, so that sorry. That sounds like something we should have said to you. You know, I haven't covered imaginary numbers. Is not they've not come up yet. I'm thinking probably in, if I do a pre-calculus book, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'll get that far, but I, I will make you a fan. Please, is imaginary number? I invite you to uh, like twelt or twelt uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or seven fun. It's actually a number rotated ninety degrees. Oh, that way. <laughs> he's he's got the chills over there. I I just but the idea but the idea of math. It just makes you get get the plane of numbers instead of a line of numbers. Well, but what I love about math is that there's there's an answer. It make you know you know what I love about math. It makes your brain sharper. It makes you smarter. It's like why people who are aging will do crossword puzzles to keep their brains sharp. Right. And keep from getting Alzheimer's. It's math is a brain sharpener. It's like going to the gym for your brain. The harder the math problem, the stronger you're getting. Yeah. And struggling is what makes you stronger. If That's it was absolutely all easy, true. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be getting stronger, but uh, you know, it's a great tool. It's getting outside your comfort zone, and you know, sort of building tool, and then, and and in a way, and 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 from a career standpoint, that's exactly what you did. By going into math, you were stepping outside what you know your comfort zone had been, which was right. like, hey, you have an acting career. After Wonder Years, you easily could have gone on to another show, or you know, I'm sure you had offers to do stuff, and you said no. 
I'm going to take this river rafting trip down yeah. <laughs> down Math Rapids. That's right. And uh, bringing it all together. Look at this. <laughs> just like the end of an Arrested Development episode. <laughs> yeah. And there's Buster with the claw machine. <laughs> and uh, hey, brother. And then uh, and, and but just the idea that you know you stepped out your side your comfort zone to learn something else. And even though that thing technically didn't have anything to do with your first profession, it strengthened that. Yes. yes. Because it built your confidence and and gave you perspective outside of the, you know, the thing that you were used to being in. Absolutely. It yeah, it was like Danica plus and then I got to take that and, and do other things with it. Yeah. And and I that and that because math did so much for me and my confidence in my own fortitude, my mental fortitude, that's part of why I'm so excited about giving that to other students. You know, other people who are struggling. It's like, here, here's a way to build your confidence, to build your self-esteem just by by struggling through and then succeeding with these problems. Because when you tackle something that you don't know if you're going to be able to do and then you succeed, you've just taught yourself that you're stronger and smarter than you thought you were. Yeah. And this is something you can do again and again. Now, if you throw yourself in a math class, you don't have a very good teacher or whatever reason, you are struggling too much, you're not going to feel confident. You're just going to feel bad about yourself. So the key is to be in an environment where you actually are learning math and you can get better at it. Yeah. And that's, you know, by making it more accessible, which is my whole thing with my bu- my books. That's exactly right. I mean, you might have if it, just because someone understands a subject, because you have a teacher who understands a subject, doesn't mean that they have the ability to, to relate it, it yeah. or communicate <laughs> that and you know, sometimes and I mean like it, for me, you know, I would sit and my mom would ask me about math stuff that I was doing when I was in high school or or college. I'd be like, well, it's just because of this. I don't know. It just, it's just this. Like, right. I couldn't explain it to her <laughs> in a way. And then you get frustrated and flustered because you can't do it. Yep. You know, like that's. I would, I would have been a terrible math teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just cause. That's why. Just cause. A perfectly uh, valid reason. But you're on, uh, you're on, you have DanicaMcKellar.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are on Twitter as I am well. On Twitter, yeah. Uh, and that's that's part of how we got hooked up. It is part, yeah. Well, but we also did. Uh, I mean, we didn't really work together, but we both did. Jane White is sick and twisted. Yes, we did. Which was a movie that we did with Will. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, and a bunch of other and a bunch of other friends years ago. Just a fun. It was fun. Just Silly a fun. weird, surreal, low budget comedy thing. Yeah. That was that. That well, sounds made up. A lot of I it. Played totally white. Was white trash. You play white trash. White trash on a Jerry Springer show, but it wasn't really. It was the Jerry show. The Jerry show. The Jerry show, with Phil Amar. I played with. My oh, that's right, I Phil. I've seen this movie. Uh, I played of this redneck guy with these horn rim glasses and giant fake yep. teeth. Yep. Who would just sit and drink a beer in a front lawn and ride a Vespa? It was the weirdest, but m- such a fun movie. Very fun movie. And uh, and I, I guess is that where you and Will became friends? No, we were friends from because he was on Star Trek: Next Generation, and I was on The Wonder Years. So we would just go to these like teen party things, and, and <laughs> even, like yeah, we 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 hung out. And then even before, I think we did that. Jane White is sick and twisted in like two thousand or two thousand one, mm-hmm. something like that. It was right around then that I did a short film that I wrote and directed and produced, et cetera, et cetera. And I called Will to play my boyfriend in it. And, I, and he said, this is the first time that somebody has ever called me and just said, will you be in my project? And I was like, wow. Really? I, was really, I was really surprised, too. But I was really like, he was like, this means a lot. And I'm like, well, this means a lot. It was really cool. I just That's felt. That's cool. Yeah. And then he was, was like, but I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now, of course, so, now he So did. here's my uh, contact info for my no, manager. No, he, did. <laughs> he did it. So I'm going to need uh, 10 grand a day. Oh, my God. Will's back. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was really fun. That's awesome. And uh, what what else do you? It's kind of nice to look around and see like 
you know, you and Will were buddies when you're kids and you were both smart and now you're off doing smart things as adults. Mm -hmm. It's kind of nice. You guys survived. You weathered, you weathered it. Yes. Uh, what else do you, what else do you want to do? Like you, you know, you're going to write this other book, but is there any other, you know, are, are you sort of, is there another kind of thing or a profession or a hobby where you're like, oh, I think I want to conquer that thing. I don't know. I've been doing uh, a lot of voiceover lately. I'm, I do the voice of Miss Martian on Young Justice, which is a Cartoon Network mm -hmm. show, DC World thing. Um, that's been really fun. And uh, I'm still acting. Yeah, I just was in Vancouver in December doing a TV movie for the Sci-Fi Channel. Nice. Oh, my Tasmanian God. Devil. Oh, awesome. Yes. What does it do? Very awesome. Is it a Tasmanian is it Devil grizzly Tasmanian bear? Tasmanian Devil or is it a mega Tasmanian Devil octopus tiger? It's a supernatural Tasmanian devil. Ah, so I love it. It has psychic that. abilities. Like yeah. Warner Brothers style Tasmanian devil? No, no. Okay. Like, no, like real a one. monster. Okay. It's a monster movie. It was awesome. Anyway, Why you really bury fun. me in the cold, cold <laughs> ground? <laughs> blah, so that, blah. that comes out, I don't know when, sometime this year. I'll That's find awesome. Out soon. I'm sure I'll be tweeting about it. Right now, um, they're not working on the effects. They're not working. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, wanna, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and also uh, for... I mean, I always have the greatest respect for people who are just like, hey, here's the thing I'm going to do, and I want to help people. And, uh, and you're, you're doing that. You really are affecting people. And so I, I highly recommend your book to anyone who is even slightly interested in math or has children who are struggling with math that want to learn that it's not – that really is not – that math in and of itself it's, is not hard. It's just finding the channels to communicate it in ways that people will understand. And right. when they do, it'll – It'll fucking blow their minds if if I could just get blue for a second. It'll fucking blow their minds the yeah, first time they'll that feel smart and strong, and capable, and and they will be all those things. Well, yeah, the first time that you the first time that you're struggling with a really hard problem, and you're like, I can't get it, and you're sweating and you're angry, and then all of a sudden it just, it clicks, and just like you get the flood of you know you get the endorphins and just like everything floods your brain, the reward chemical, and it it's such an amazing feeling that Math affects high. you for the rest of your life. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I, Amazon, is that where people get your book or DanicaMcKellar.com? No, Amazon. Amazon or any bookstore. Okay. If, oh, if physical books. Bookstore. Go to yeah, mom and pop. Put some money in a brick and mortar. If go to Portland. Go to Powell's Books. Yeah. If, if there's a nearby bookstore, go check them out. <laughs> Please support Please it. Help them. Yeah. Um, or Amazon. And, uh, and I'm going to check out go the Borders. Oh, please. Oh, yes. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, thank you for being here, Danica McKellar. Thank you. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Chewy? What? It sounded like Chewy to me. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Chewy. It was a little far bit. away. It was a far, far away, away Chewy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jonah Ray does the best Doppler Chewy. <laughs> Doppler Chewy. <laughs> it's a dodge. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Nerdist for a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and $55 of free postage. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code Nerdist. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.